Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with two of our new guests. We have Rafer Roberts and Mike Norton. We're here to break down their awesome, a brand new comic, The Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, dude, I had a blast reading this book. Before we dive into it and plug in those amps mm -hmm. and get on stage, <laughs> let's dive into who uh, you two are and how you guys got into comics. Mike, uh, let's start with you. Oh, uh, well, how did I get into comics? Uh, I got into comics. Uh, I grew up uh, even before. I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, and uh, uh, <laughs> even before that, uh, we lived in a small town called Selmer. And my dad worked in Jackson, and he would buy comics on the way home at like a gas station for me. And that's the first time. That's when I got into comics. I was probably five years old. I don't know. Oh, wow. I mean, I was learning how to read from the stuff. And uh, yeah, it was like some old Spider-Mans and he kept bringing home all these Marvel comics and, you know, and then Star Wars came out in 77 and, you know, all I ever wanted to do was make stories on paper. So, I mean, it was a pretty easy, it's a pretty simple story. So, so when did you uh, start actually doing that and putting it to paper? When did that journey begin? Uh, uh, 1997. That was my first professional job. So I've been working in some way or another since 1997. That is awesome. Uh, Rafer, what about you? Uh, when did you begin your journey into comics? Yeah, uh, pretty similar. Uh, around five years old, I was just riding in the back of uh, my mom's car while she was like taxiing people to and from the airport. And she would uh, buy me comics at the newsstand just to keep me quiet. Um, and after it just, it just stuck. Um, I got like a, also amazing Spider-Man, uh, How cool. like my first comic subscription, the, uh, Roger Stern run with, uh, the intro of Hobgoblin. That oh was, yeah. Uh, oh, sure. that's a good one. That, yeah. That's what got, yeah. The JRJR, um, I, of all the comics to start, that's a good one. It's good. Mm -hmm. Like a great art, uh, really good story. And it taught me, uh, I just got hooked. It was like mm -hmm. the soap opera of it. And started making my own comics basically uh the year after you know started drawing uh comics about monsters and by third grade i was stapling them and trying to sell them to my friends so there was always that that's <laughs> there was awesome, always like uh linkage of art and commerce i guess for me <laughs> you're from a very early age so uh when did you start working uh within the comic industry though like when did you like what was maybe your first title that you worked on uh, the first comic that I published, uh, is Plastic Farm. I self-published and I did, uh, geez, like a million issues of that. Just recently finished it up. But honestly, the first real professional comic that I ever did was Archer and Armstrong, uh, where somebody else paid me and I wrote a script and it went through editorial and another artist drew it. So Mike, you were like the second artist I ever worked wow. with on a professional level. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was like best. you and Dave LaFuente was first. Oh, no, I'm not uh, the best anymore. You, <laughs> you were. Uh, David LaFuente is like well, a god among men. Well, I, I will say that uh, you drew my scripts while Dave went off on his own. So that was a oh, different well, yeah. experience. Dave's an artist. Yeah, so I'm not an artist. Dave's yeah. an artist. Yeah, D Dave's like, I get the pages back like, all right, where am I putting all this dialogue that I wrote? It ain't going where I thought it can't was. can't tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah. So 
That is so cool. Right. That was your guys' first like experience working together. I mean, uh, how did that go for you two, uh, Mike? How was it when you first got uh, his scripts and and you know started working off of that? You know, what was well, that experience was, like? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it was exciting. I. Uh, I, I, I didn't know Rafer. I, I assumed that he was good because they gave him <laughs> their, one of their flagship titles and the number one. So I was like, well, who is this guy? Whoa. <laughs> and I, I read the script yeah. and I was, and it, and I mean, seriously, I had all the elements of what, um, like the good writers that I've worked with in the past. It, it was very, um, it was very descriptive but simple it was very much like a uh, a movie script in that way where they describe all the stuff that's important but then say well you know how to draw a comic book you do this the rest of it and uh those are the best kind because it you need direction at least i do i'm, I'm well i'm not david lafuente i don't go and i just make up a, you know, but uh I, I i like the direction but it's also very um uh, uh rafer realizes it's a collaborative medium and so he 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 knows when to back off and he knows when to put his ideas in there and that um that only comes with somebody that you know has been writing comics for a while and he already told you that was his first mm -hmm. you know paid gig so i mean i think he was ahead of the curve i mean was there a lot of pressure yeah. when you found out that you had a flagship title that you were writing for yeah um a little bit with archer armstrong but that one was really in my wheelhouse um so jumping into that sort of superhero comic wasn't as difficult as uh when they later put me on Harbinger, which was a much different experience. Um, but that doesn't involve Mike, so we're not going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so you have um, some experience being an artist as well, though. Do you think that kind of helped uh, with yeah, your script writing? I, I, I think it does. And I approach the script as I, I write a script how I would want to get a script. In that just tell me everything you're thinking. I'll figure <laughs> out the rest. If you want to break it out into panels and tell me how the, the beat goes. Um, but yeah, I, like Mike, I, I focus generally on the emotion and the action and break it up into beats so that I can get, so I can show the rhythm. But even if the artist doesn't follow my exact panel breakdown, as long as they're getting the gist and telling the story the same way or through their interpretation, then it's good. I can draw. If I wanted to draw these comics, I could. It would take 20 times as long. Uh, <laughs> but the reason I, I like working with other artists is because they, I don't want to hamstring anybody. I don't want to, like, why am I working with Mike if he's not going to, if I don't want him to be Mike? Mm -hmm. Why am I going to work with Dave LaFuente if I don't let him to be Dave LaFuente? Yeah. Like, you let, don't. Yeah, you don't shackle your artists. You, you, you let them shine. You, you give them the tools to to let them go out and make you look like a better writer. Because I'm an okay writer. I can write an okay comic, but Mike can draw a really good comic, and then when it comes back, I can put some words on it and be like, yeah, I, I did that. I, I, I love it's, you too. Like, uh, yeah. Rafer, you had a flagship title. You're like, I'm okay, but I just had, you know, one of the biggest titles, like, right off the rip. And Mike's like, I'm an okay artist, but, you know, has awesome series, uh, you know, left and right. Um, so, this isn't your first collaboration, though. Uh, tell us a little bit about Grumble as well. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and take the wheel on this one? Yeah. Uh, Grumble was an idea 
um, I, I basically, I, I, um, I had the opportunity once to draw a Hellblazer, and I, for some reason, that didn't work out. And I was like, I really wanted to draw a Hellblazer, so I decided that I was going to draw a Hellblazer, but I was going <laughs> to, but I was going to, I was going to make it. I was going to combine it with Howard the Duck some way, mm-hmm. and I talked to Ray for it, and I we made we made the duck a pug, yeah. and we made mm-hmm. the pug also Hellblazer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that was the origin of 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 Grumble. We I, I wanted to draw a book about a, a jerk ma- a magician who got stuck being a dog, and and. Uh, <laughs> Rafer is really great at writing weird stuff, which is why we're working on, you know, Rock Gods. I Rock Gods started out as like a serious autobiographical comic, and then I was like, uh, "This is too heavy for me." And uh, I said, "Rafer, uh, you want to make this weird?" <laughs> and uh, he he made it weird. <laughs> so for everyone yeah, just- watching. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Real quick, right here is a link. You can go to the Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble uh, site and pre-order this. This is dropping June 6th, if I'm not mistaken. So get your pre-orders in. It's, uh, f- you know, it costs, I think, 20 bucks. It's 200 pages, outstanding read. But it's free to share this link. Put this on Facebook. Put this on Twitter. Put this wherever you can. Word of mouth is 100% free. Uh, Rafer, before I interrupted you, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, with um, Mike was saying that I came on the Rock Odds to weird it up. Uh, when he gave, came to me with Grumble, it was just a weird story, and then I went and serious it up. So <laughs> yeah, you, did kind of, you actually gave it a story. I just had a weird idea. Yeah. And you gave it an actual story. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I only just realized. Actually, it was like a, it, it yeah. didn't start out as like this epic story, and then Rafer put all these different, you know, aspects yeah. to the characters that I mean, I had no idea. I. I I just said, wouldn't it be funny if you had a little magical jerk dog? <laughs> Is that what? Uh, so, did uh, Battle Pug come first or before or after that? Uh, Battle Pug was first. I have a, yeah, I'm a one trick pony when it comes to ideas. I kind of have, I, I really, uh, I get obsessed about. I just you know, thought you loved pugs. I don't know, because Pugs was mentioned pugs. in uh, The Rock Gods yeah. of Jackson, too. There, I think there's a store or something. Oh, yeah. I, I, I try to fit it into everything now. <laughs> That is awesome. So, uh, Rafer, tell us a little bit about the Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee. I mean, uh, what's the story about? Sure. Uh, Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee is about these four uh, misfit kids who stumble on the gig of a lifetime opening for uh, returning rock god Tommy Tungsten, who will be putting on a gig at the local high school. Uh, But instead of uh, living out their dreams as rock stars, they instead have to fight off a horde of mutant pigs that have escaped (laughs) from the local uh, perfume factory that is rampaging through town. And uh, this is a... That's the best I've ever done that. I'm going to... It's a rockin' issue. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Uh, You know, and speaking of your character development, you know, Mike was talking about that earlier. I thought these characters were phenomenal. The way you guys went about, you know, just introducing them initially and then, like, kind of focusing Mm -hmm. on them in their home Mm -hmm. lives and, like, why, you know, on the outside, you know, the school, the way they look Mm -hmm. at them and, you know, how they reflect on them and why they're really that way because their home lives and what goes into that. Uh, Rafer, Mm -hmm. this was a beautiful story, man. Uh, What what went into, you know, giving these characters life? 
Well, they're all theoretically based on people that we know, but they're not. Uh, Mike originally came to me with the story based on uh, his friends, and his friends somehow coincided with who my friends were. Uh, so they're sort of an amalgamation. But basically, these four kids, uh, we start with Marty, who's the town uh, bad boy, who's um, setting fires, getting in trouble. Uh, the cops give him a hass hassle him all the time. Um, so he's like the town bully. All the other kids fear him. But what you come to learn is that uh, he's as much a victim of this town as anybody. Uh, so it's it's really like this uh, Stand By Me meets uh, From Dust Till Dawn, where it's this mishmash of these 80s cheesy horror movies, but with some really heartfelt uh, deep-diving character emotions all mixed in with this cheesy, over-the-top horror spectacle uh, that kind of softens everything in a way and makes it easier to digest. Yeah. Because it really is. That we, we tackle some kind of heavy themes mm -hmm. about childhood and growing up and uh, looking back at your own childhood with maybe unearned nostalgia and uh, maybe a little uh, melancholy now. But in this... Um, in the same way that a good rock video will sort of <laughs> sort of just wash over you and make you just sort of forget your problems at the same right. time. I, I love if any how, of that makes any sense. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I loved how uh, in this like music was a big thing. How people could escape from mm. their problems and. One of my favorite things too is like when uh, mm. someone was trailing off or maybe like getting you know escaping into the music, you would have the the lettering like fade. Mm. So it, it would be you know black yeah. and it would fade to white, and it was like it was such a subtle but awesome touch. I, I man, this book had so many awesome details, Easter eggs in it. Uh, the Rock God's mobile looked just like a gremlin. Uh, Mike, <laughs> what went into some of the designs for this? Did you have a lot of these ideas already beforehand, or did a lot of this I get punted out with uh, Rafer? Mm. Well, I mean, if Rafer had an idea, he would give it to me, but a lot of it, yeah, was, uh, I didn't think about it beforehand, but while I was working on it, reading the script, I mean, a lot of it was memories of growing up, you know, and um, my first car was a Chevette, not that far off from a Gremlin, it's a little, a little <laughs> later on, uh, and, you know, all, there were very few kids that it, uh, my high school that had very nice cars. So, um, we wanted to give Lenny, uh, Lenny was the kid that had the car. So, you know, we wanted him to, uh, you know, he, he has, he lives, uh, with a great family, but of modest means. So mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of the stuff is based on real places and real things and real, uh, you know, people that I, you know, I lived with, you know, for, you know, 10, 15 years. So did you guys also jam uh, a little bit when you were younger too? Uh, any like high school bands? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, my band, I mean, the basement that they practice in is the basement <laughs> that I practiced mm -hmm. in. And uh, we had, they had the posters and the, and the, 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 uh, laundry room where where the cat box is and oh. 
uh, all of that stuff is, you know, my my friend Matt's basement. From did it always smell like like cat diarrhea too? No, no, that was they didn't actually have cats. That was a rafer invention. So they yeah, that was my friend Scott. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. clean it up, Scott. Yeah. So, what instrument yeah. did you play? I played guitar, and I later I sang and played guitar because we had a a singer who uh, could afford equipment and could get us uh, gigs, so, but he could not sing. So we <laughs> we would turn down his PA, and I would sing instead. And That's he a never, hard thing to do. He never <laughs> noticed. That is a hard thing to do. Like I can play, but like playing and singing is so hard. My brain just cannot do it. It's like, nope, I can't keep on on, on oh, this measure. Oh, it's not. It, no, it's not easy. And I, I mean, I did. I, we're acting like this was a real band. I wasn't good. We weren't. Good. <laughs> Maybe good to yourself, though, right? <laughs> Rafer, what about you? Uh, uh, were you uh, in any high school yeah. bands as well? Yeah, I was. Um, I was the Doug of the band. Where I, I love was, it. Uh, Theoretically, a lead singer and would occasionally break out my saxophone for no good reason, uh, which I did not know how to play very well. Uh, so that was that part's fairly autobiographical. Um, and yeah, we we played in the same crappy basements. Uh, we played one gig that uh, we got kicked out of halfway through, <laughs> as, as one will do. Uh, yeah, but... Um, yeah, but being the Doug, uh, you had brought up the lettering earlier. I don't want to uh, forget, but uh, kudos to Crank uh, for mm. what he brought to this book, too. Because so much of the characters and and the feel and the music of the book is uh, because of the lettering. And he is, I think this is some of the best lettering I've ever seen him uh, do. And he's oh, yeah. really done. But between the way he conveys the music and uh the main character's undiagnosed adhd which is a uh a fun trick where as he's listening to people explain things to him it just fades out and then mm -hmm. he just has narration on top of it and there was so much um rhythm in that and the and the placement and of each balloon has to be exactly right for that to work and he nailed it every time it's it's the best comic for people who can read comics and hear them in their heads. This is a great comic for that sort of uh, that tingle in your brain. Yeah, I, I loved it's it. Uh, you know, when he's trying to drown out everyone picking on him and he puts on the headphones yeah. and it just the music notes are right. It was yeah. such an awesome detail. And when I read it, I was like, oh, uh, we have uh, real quick. J. Michael Miller. I might be wrong, <laughs> but is Marty a uh, back to the future reference? I was going to actually ask, ask that question as well. Uh. No, but I, <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that thought. Um, I think I named Marty after a, a kid that I grew up with, but I also think Marty was originally named after somebody Mike knew, or did I pick that one wholeheartedly? I never knew. I mean, I have a friend now named Marty, but I never knew any Martys okay. in no, Marty was uh, named after uh, the guitar player that was in my uh, high school band who uh, was one of the greatest guitar players I actually ever knew, uh, but he passed away uh, shortly after high school. So he I'm ends sorry, up in a lot that. of my comics. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, but yeah, it's 
he ends up in a lot of my stuff. It's awesome of you to do that. He was and... nothing like the he was nothing like the Marty in the comic. Though. He was uh, he, he was way nice. He was actually a, a real sweetheart. Uh, he didn't stink. Really <laughs> yeah, he didn't stink. Um, he was a good kid. His parents were all right. No, I love that. So, so let's talk a little bit about you know what kind of went into this, uh, Mike. When you were laying you know the pencils down, uh, you know what type mm -hmm. of routine did you like to put yourself into? Was there music that you like to listen to, or maybe TV shows that you like to put on? Mm -hmm. uh well <laughs> i uh the uh this one was a little different than normal i usually have a pretty routine but you know we we made this during you know the pandemic mm -hmm. and and i didn't i was kind of uh flailing a little bit as far as you know what is my routine anymore <laughs> so i spent a lot of time uh you know, uh, you know, I, just working on one page and then a week would go by and and then I ended up having to do a bunch of them in a, like a month. <laughs> so this was very unusual for me. Usually I'm, uh, you know, sit down and work and and and, and get a couple pages done a day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all the, you know, a lot of my music tastes are kind of frozen in amber from the late 80s and uh, so a lot of the stuff they listen to, I still listen to in my mm -hmm. car and stuff. Um, and I pretty much exclusively only watch uh, terrible movies from the, <laughs> the 80s and 90s. So um, it's all there in the book. It's pretty much, uh, it's pretty obvious that the person drawing this book was listening and watching mm -hmm. these things you know i find it uh, remarkable that uh you had that time crunch where you had to do a lot within that month because there's so much like attention to detail like the one scene i remember in particular uh was the it was a keychain and it was van a uh, and they took it and then they wrote Van Halen on it. And I was like, dude, this is like, this comic gets so deep. It's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful, man. That's a Rafer thing. That was Rafer all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I appreciate being, I mean, that, that's the thing when I'm in a time crunch, you're always thinking, well, this is going to look sloppy, but mm -hmm. I'm glad that you didn't notice. <laughs> so Rafer, what went into Alan taking... did it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to give credit on to uh, Alan. Uh, oh, Alan, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz uh, as fast as we had you guys had to work there at the end, he was working. Yeah, <laughs> Alan, Alan is a too. super pro. So, yeah, uh, his colors on this were popping. How did that collaboration yeah. work uh, with you uh, and the colorist Mike? Well, I've known Alan for a long time. He worked with me on a bunch of DC comics and uh uh I really liked uh, how he made me look on everything. So when I um, when I started Battle Pug, I said, "Hey, do you want to, you know, be kind of a partner on this?" And um, and we basically work on everything together, unless you know the company or uh, collaborator suggests otherwise. I, I, he and Crank are pretty much, you know, my go-to. That's collaborators awesome. i really like them a lot that's awesome now Rafer, to throw it back yep. to you uh i wanted to ask uh mm -hmm. how was it when you took a, a story that was a little bit more serious and you, you got to add your your flavor to that like how, what did that look like for you yeah um we were working on like four different pitches at the same time uh <laughs> when we first started working on rock gods and rock gods was the one we i think we wanted to do the least because it was the heaviest it was the one that would involve 
us actually like looking back at high school and I knew it was going to be some heavy lifting there and, and figure out who these characters were. Um, but kudos on Dark Horse for uh, picking this one up because on it turned out, I think, of the best of the ones we were working on. Uh, and as difficult as writing something like this during the pandemic was, where I was already in a state of kind of depression and mm-hmm. and looking back on why am I like this uh, <laughs> uh, in, while writing a script probably wasn't the greatest thing. Uh, yeah. Being able to write the entire thing first and then going back before Mike even uh, drew a page and making sure that page one worked with page 180 uh, and the stuff that you talk about where those little things with Van Halen written on the thing that comes up because I was able to write the whole thing out and I go through and I can like that thing probably I don't remember what it was but it probably solved the problem somewhere else in the script like I had to take something out or I had to signify that time had passed mm-hmm. but how much time had passed they had enough time to write Van Halen on this keychain possibly so I like those little Easter eggs because they don't feel like they're narrative tricks but they kind of are um, like if you watch a Hitchcock movie you go like oh that that was cool what he did but really you realize oh that cut out 20 minutes of other sort of exposition yeah. by doing this one thing so yeah. those are fun I, I love doing stuff like that and thanks so thanks for noticing it in the way people are supposed to notice it yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that's know, a lot as, of exposition right there yeah. <laughs> as, as like a consumer as, as the reader i would have never yeah. guessed that was the intention i just looked at it, i was like oh that's so cool you know yeah. and like i guess in my but head like subconsciously i registered that yeah 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 but I'm, I'm i'm goofing off and having fun with that it's like if i if i hit a point i write a script for mike i don't want the script to be boring for mike i, I want mm. it to be entertaining and then when it comes back for me, I want—I don't want to be bored by the comic when it comes back to me. And it's just, I'm having fun. I don't, I don't want anybody to be bored during the entire process. <laughs> no, I Sometimes that causes trouble, but... So real quick oh, for everyone that not. is watching, right here is the link once mm-hmm. again. Uh, you have until June 6th to pre-order this, but like we said earlier, sharing this on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter is 100% free, and you have nothing to lose. This is one hell of a graphic novel. I loved it. 200 pages mm-hmm. of awesome interiors, awesome story. Micah and Rafer, mm-hmm. you guys killed it on this. Uh, if I had to ask, you know, what character do you guys, would you say you related to the most uh, in high school? <laughs> uh... I find myself in all of those characters. <laughs> I really do. I find them as like being little sections of myself, but because I modeled them so much off of actual people I knew, like physically, I probably am like the most like Marty. I played guitar and I I I looked like him. I was mm-hmm. a little fatter, but I looked like him. <laughs> uh uh but I'm, I mean, there's a bit of my personality in all of them, except for, except for, uh, Doug, Doug, Doug was the new guy for me. I, I really, I, he's, he's based on somebody I know, but it's, it's mm-hmm. way more of a rare, a Rafer creation than me. Mm-hmm. It's, it actually, it feels to me like he's Rafer. I feel like he's <laughs> Rafer to me when I read that book. And I, that's what kind of like, yeah endears it to me because it's like 
Rafer put himself in my high school history. <laughs> and now it's like, now I'm going to think about him when I think about my <laughs> high school days. I, I love Doug's character so much, though, like uh, when, uh, how determined he is, you know, how, how, yeah. how, how much of a front man he actually is without realizing yeah. it. He's, he's determined and oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Rafer, I would assume that Which, you, you that, would probably pick Doug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was unfortunate. Like, I, I knew I was going to go into this book with some sort of first person narration. And just by default, it was easier to base it off of a little bit of myself, but the worst part of myself. <laughs> so I was really it's like, let's do that. Let's make this the worst version of me uh, that I could be in high school. All of my faults just right there in the forefront. Um, so that's basically me is like my evil doppelganger, that little jerk. I hated him, but I loved him and I, I just wanted to smack him with, but I understood every choice he made, which mm -hmm. is basically, um, all I really wanted is if you could, uh, with any character that the reader can understand the choices that they make, whether or not they agree with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm Doug, the clueless, oblivious kid that's... <laughs> who's selling t-shirts of a band that doesn't even exist yet. He gets overexcited. <laughs> Having to um, rewrite the name on the posters. <laughs> yeah. Just, that is a very right. I printed up a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. What did and I do? I spent so like, much no, money guys, on this. No. <laughs> I would say I'm probably a mix of Marty and Doug. If, if there was a mix of those characters, yeah. that was probably me in high school. You know, I had the tor torn up clothes, yeah. you know, the li little bit mm. of the bully because of, of, you know, just not able to express myself. But music, when I found mm. guitar, it was such a life changer. Like being able to express your frustration out, you know, it's just I, mm. I related to this book so much, even though it was from mm. a generation before me. It, it feels like this book really speaks to anyone who's been through school at mm. any point. So outside of the rock of or the rock gods of jackson tennessee uh what yes. are you guys working on uh, in 2023 any other titles coming out soon uh i have a couple of things that i'm working on right now mm -hmm. that i've been asked to not mention yet but nope. it's they're not, it's not like they're secret i just i guess they're you know want to make sure that they're actually happening but uh um i i have a, a hellboy issue that i finished that's coming out uh all in June, the same month as Rock God. So I have a Hellboy and the BPRD uh, one shot coming out and a uh, story in um, an Archie horror comic called Camp Pickens, which is uh, <laughs> like a horror slasher comic. So I get okay. to draw Veronica in a slasher movie. So, oh, that's yeah. going to be so cool. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got stuff coming. And, uh, and the big one is uh, Rock God. So... Yeah, it's got, June is a big month for me. All right, let's go, Rafer. What about you? Uh, I just, I'm in the middle of writing and drawing a Rick and Morty comic, Ooh. which is uh, a lot more fun. It, it allowed me to stretch my cartooning, uh, my cartoonist uh, skills and break out some old school, uh, like 1920s uh, panel flop kind of. Uh, it looks really tricks. good. I've seen it. Thank you. Yeah, it's. It was, uh, it's more, my style doesn't lend itself to the nice clean lines. It was actually a harder, uh, more difficult task than I, I expected, but way, uh, way more fun as well. And I've, I'm writing a lot of, uh, various pitches and 
I've got my uh, pre-press uh, side business, so I'm working production on a lot of books behind That's the so scenes. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. To try to make the comics look prettier. You've been involved in some pretty cool titles too, uh, like Rick and Morty, but uh, Minecraft as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I got to write uh, a Minecraft story uh, a few years back, which was a lot of fun. It's I like these stories where the on the surface it doesn't look like you can build much out of it, but I like finding where the story is inside of something where. Um, these little story nuggets, like mm -hmm. uh, in Minecraft, there's like, ah, oh, there's witches and there's pillagers and they attack villagers, but that's just sort of like the game mechanics. Like, well, who are they? What kind of personality <laughs> would just have this? Who are them? This automatic beat, yeah. Who just has this? When they're, I guess, when they're within range of a certain uh, thing, will just attack it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what? What is the what impact, to them? Uh, the personality <laughs> behind? It? Yeah, so I like I figuring that. that out. I love that. I, I love the word. A, it's an the illness. Wordplay too. Uh, the wordplay. Like, let's. Uh, what can we build in this world of Minecraft? Yeah. Like, bravo. Yeah. <laughs> we got uh, Prince Joe <laughs> over on Facebook saying you are a legend, Mr. Uh, Rafer Roberts. <laughs> hey, don't forget Mike Norton as well. We got two legends in in, yeah. in the chat. Uh, so one hell of a release for you guys in 2023. Now let's end the show yeah. on some strong notes. Uh, I always love asking for a little bit of advice for anyone who might be new to getting started in comics. So with that being said, let's ask questions in your guys' respective roles. Uh, for this book at least so mike for anyone looking to get into uh art you know being an artist for the first time what would be your biggest piece of advice for them uh two things uh try to learn how to draw everything <laughs> now that that sounds like a very big broad thing but it, it, it and it is but it what i really mean is to uh learn how to draw not just <laughs> people doing interesting stuff. You want to draw the environment they live in. You want to draw cats and dogs. You want to draw trees. You want to be able to make people live in a real world mm -hmm. so that it's not a bunch of just talking heads. You can do that, but it, it it's a better story if you have a world for people to live in. And the second bit is to uh, do your best to not get discouraged because it's very hard uh, whenever you do something creative, uh, to keep your chin up sometimes and yeah. to, uh, you know, cause, uh, I feel like even more today, it's easy for people to, uh, bash things that, uh, not even stuff that they don't like. Just, it's just like a, a, a default reaction is people making mm -hmm. fun of stuff. So you have to ignore all of that and just, uh, do what makes you happy. And, uh, and uh, and if drawing is that, which it was for me, you know, for a year in high school, I thought it was going to be guitar. <laughs> but uh, uh, drawing drawing uh, is the thing that I can't live without. And if you can't, then you know, don't listen to anybody else. You know, I love that. I love that a lot, Ray. For uh, what about you? For anyone looking to uh, get into writing for the first time, as someone who, you know, Mike said your script mm -hmm. like sounded like someone who's had experience for years doing this. So, what would be the biggest piece of advice you could offer someone when you know maybe approaching their first script? Uh, first, draw your own comics for like twenty years, and then you'll figure <laughs> out how to do breakdowns. Drawing um, your own comic isn't a bad idea. I mean, it really does help yeah. you mm -hmm. learn. Yeah, that's the thing, like, it's such, 
uh, zen-like advice, like the easiest how to get into comics is to start making comics. You want to make comics? Make comics. Um, I just, uh, we have an art school down the street, and I just met a uh, college student who printed up their own mini-comic and brought it by the studio, and just by handing out a mini-comic, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm going to try to work with this person now and, and, and make our own comics. So if you want to write comics, um, you're going to have to draw comics. You can't, ha- I, I don't know if that makes sense. You're going to have to work with an artist to create the comic because mm-hmm. you can't just write a script and expect anybody like an editor to go, oh yeah, I'm going to read this when I get home. Uh, they're going to read a comic. They're going to know if you can work with an artist. They're, they're going to learn if you can uh, understand how the visual language of a page works. Um, that's what you need. You need to, you're not writing a movie script. You're not writing Mm -hmm. a prose novel. You're writing a comic. It's got its own language that you need to know about that you can't actually use when writing the script, but you have to describe that to the artist in a way that they will understand. Yes. No, I, I think I think it is important to Don't. to understand how it, how it works though, because if uh, if you don't yeah. have any experience, you might try to pack too much into one panel or, or yeah. overdo a panel. So having yeah. that experience, uh, is, and you is... will, yeah, you will if you do that. Yeah, because yeah. I've read yeah. those. First, things. ask yourself. <laughs> first, ask yourself why is this a comic? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I doing this as a comic? Why am I not doing it as any other medium? What does the comics language bring to this that something else? doesn't like my stories i think can only be done as comics there's certain things in what me and mike do that can't be translated into other mediums so i mean yeah that's (laughs) they're comics because they can't be anything else yeah yeah, awesome advice there. So let's uh, let's finish on a but strong. But still, please, Netflix, give us money to try. <laughs> Netflix, make it happen, baby. So yeah. uh, outside of creating, what are you guys consuming, Mike? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, video games. If you play them, TV shows. If you watch them, uh, music. You know, what what are you listening to or consuming? Uh, well, I've already discussed the music. I'm pretty much always listening to the Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius XM. But I. Uh, I uh, I just finished playing the new uh, Star Wars game. I really like that. Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh, look! I got a uh, our good friend right here, BD One. Oh wow, that's like <laughs> almost life size. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a Lego. So uh, they I got oh. mine at Walmart. It was like a hundred bucks, but this thing is oh, wow. awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, movies. I just uh, whatever is uh, looks crappy on Tubi. I'm watching it. So. <laughs> Well, that is awesome. Uh, Rafer, what about you? Uh, what are you consuming outside of creating? Uh, Music-wise, I think the last... I went to go see uh, The Screaming Females uh, a few weeks ago, and then like a week before that was a band called The Church of the Cosmic Skull, which <laughs> is really awesome, and you should yeah. look them up. <laughs> uh, and then... I watch the opposite movies as Mike. I watch nothing but TCM, Turner Classic Movies, and Criterion <laughs> Channel. Yeah. Uh, like, so I'm watching yeah. all these highfalutin things. Yeah, but also like a real person. Rewatching like, <laughs> but also like I, I've been marathoning like uh, rewatching like all the Godzilla movies in mm-hmm. order, uh, all the old uh, Showa stuff and uh, Jackie Chan, which is on TC uh, 
Criterion channel right now. But yeah, just a lot of classic stuff, old black and whites. And um, I've been making a point to try to get into more of the modern horror, which is kind of a blind spot. I just watched uh, The Conjuring, okay. which was pretty <laughs> decent. It was all right. It was pretty decent. I had some good jump scares, but I could kind of predict every single time when one oh, was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It's but they still kind of got me a bit and mm -hmm. had good sound design. So do you think like horror, like, do you think it's maybe we're just becoming desensitized to all that? Like it just seems like it's getting more gorier and gorier with each film. Like I don't know, maybe we as a society are just a lot darker than we used to be. Probably. I don't know if we're desensitized to horrible things. We're desensitized to horror movies. I okay, think yeah, we're yeah. I think we're used yeah. to that language and we know that it's all fake and you're just like, "Oh, I've seen it." If you saw that in real life, you would be in a padded room. For the <laughs> yeah. <life. laughs> I think people really know the difference. No, that is awesome. So, Mike, uh, Rafer, thank you, too, for swinging by for this awesome mm -hmm. podcast. Everyone watching right here is a link to pre-order this. You have until June 6th. Once again, if you can't pre-order it, that is completely understandable. Putting this wherever you can. Word of mouth is 100% free. Mm -hmm. And you have nothing to lose. I hope you all have a fantastic Friday. Most importantly, guys, keep it geekly. <laughs>